0: Hello, this is Dan Eaton, and this is Crisis Management, Columbus Business First's podcast about doing business during the coronavirus pandemic. North High Brewing can say something few in the craft brewing industry can say about the past year it grew, at least in a physical sense. Sales are down due to the challenges created by the pandemic. Bar and restaurant business, for example, tanked as spaces around the state were closed and or operating at reduced capacity. But North High opened new bars in Dublin, Cincinnati, and Springfield. Two years ago, it started a relationship with Cohatch, the Columbus-based developers and operators of co-working spaces. Now as Cohatch grows, North High is growing along with them. I talked with co-founder Gavin Myers about that symbiotic relationship how it started, how it works, and how it could bring a brewery that originally planned to just be a single location to double-digit units in multiple states in the coming years. We also talked about the past year, the occasional ups and the frequent downs, from dramatic drops in sales to having to lay off staff. And finally, we talked about why North High decided to cease the brew-your-own-beer business, which was the idea that gave birth to the brewery in the first place. As always, thanks for listening. Hello, Dan. How are you doing? I wanted to catch up. You guys have had a pretty eventful year, and I know there have been challenges, but you've also had some pretty big news in the past year uh, about growth of your business. So maybe the best place to start would be, uh, just talk to me about the last year. Overall, how has business been? What have you seen?
1: Appreciate that you've been following us along this journey. As you know, we we already had a little bit of expansion plans in the works before uh, before COVID hit, and you know we've been working on a project up in Marion as a partnership with the Amados that you may have done uh, an article about three years ago. And unfortunately, <laughs> because of some some partnership issues that that transpired with the Amados team that project got put on the back burner, but it's now back in full swing. And we should be opening that brew pub with them in, that should be open, uh, targeting now middle of April. We're glad that that's kind of back in motion. We've had our brewing equipment in that space for almost two years, just kind of collecting dust. But now we've got the full, the, the full force of Amato's team getting ready to open that place up. So that was one of the expansion pieces that we had been working on. And then um, to kind of give some context to the growth that we're doing now, about two years ago, we were contacted by the team at Cohatch. Cohatch, the co-work spaces, they have sort of themes in each of their locations, and because the one up at Polaris was in the old pub, which was a you know an old English restaurant there, they figured that they'd use local alcohol makers. Um, you know, so they contacted us because they like our beer, they like our brand, and. They contacted us about doing a themed meeting room. So there's a North High Brewing Room at the Cohatch at Polaris, and then there's a Middle West Spirits Room, and Brothers Drake had some involvement up there as well. They were kind of operating the bar that had been previously the pub. They were sort of operating an event space there. And getting to know them two years ago, a few months later, uh, Matt and uh, Ryan, the co-founders of Kohatch had reached out about a building that they were looking at in old dublin here and you know basically the call was hey do you know the brazen head in old dublin i said i know it's on north high you know what what are you what are you thinking so they uh, they were interested in that lot because there was a building that was a two story knockdown behind the restaurant that they wanted to turn that they wanted to uh, build a co-work space on and so uh, we started talking about it. They didn't want to do anything with the Brazenhead building, but they wanted to have a tenant in that space that could help, you know, help kind of bolster up and amenitize the, the co-work space for them um, and have a paying tenant in that space. And that was the first time that we decided to kind of make our foray into the brew pub with a full kitchen and everything like that. So that was about almost two years ago. It was uh, summer of 2019, so totally pre-COVID. Nobody saw what was coming around the corner, but that kind of laid the, the, the foundation for our partnership with uh, with Cohatch. Uh, yeah, that was, that was what started that, and then you know what happened a few months later. <laughs> so, I don't know if you want to talk about that now, or we'll get to it.
0: Sure, sure. We'll, we'll switch to yeah. COVID, then we'll come back to some of the growth, because obviously that relationship mm-hmm. with Cohatch has, has expanded, has continued to expand. Yep. But so um, COVID happens, how, you know, you had a couple of different things. You have, you, you know, your overall business that it impacted, but it also impacted the the opening of a new uh, uh, venture that, that Brayson had space up in Dublin. So uh, just yep. let's let's maybe start big picture first. And, you know, how yeah. has the, the last year been? What have you, what have you seen?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's literally been exactly a year now mm-hmm. since we saw the, the statewide mix countrywide impact of covid on you know retail and other industries and you know for the few weeks leading up to the shutdown there was the increasing consumer nervousness about about the the virus that nobody really understood yet and so we were doing everything that we could to take the precautions to you know sterilize and use one-time use throwaway menus this is before everybody kind of switched over to digital yet you know, we took it very seriously. And, and it, uh, every every day, we were seeing business diminish further and further up to the shutdown. And it was, uh, you know, middle of March when everything got shut down. And that impacted us in a couple of ways. Not only did we have a dozen or so employees at our short north location, you know, you know between bartenders and barbacks and brewers and things like that. We also had 15 to 18 employees at our production brewery between salespeople and producers and and brewers and everything so uh, you know uh, most of our customers the customers that aren't coming to the short north there are other bars and restaurants so as soon as the shutdown took place half of our production volume was immediately eliminated so pretty much all of our draft sales got eliminated immediately we unfortunately had to lay off a tremendous amount of our staff but we did so knowing that there was that enhanced unemployment that they can take advantage of we kind of had to adapt, you know, everything that we brewed went into cans instead of into, into kegs. And we did see a slight lift in off-premise sales. So, you know, uh, in carryouts and grocery stores and whatnot, we saw a slight lift there, but not nearly enough to make up for the loss that we saw from all of our, our uh, fellow bars and restaurants being closed. So that forced us to kind of uh, adapt by running a lot leaner than we had been. But we had already, we were already in construction up here in Dublin, mm-hmm. getting ready to open our brew pub with a target of opening, you know, if we could before the Memorial Tournament to take, take advantage of the madness here in Dublin that, uh, that, that that provides. But when the shutdown happened, we kind of pumped the brakes a little bit. We decided, you know, let's take advantage of this extra time to maybe do it a little bit uh, better than we might have a little bit more carefully than we might have otherwise. And then at the same time, with the uncertainty of not knowing when the, when the uh, pandemic would end and when the shutdown would end, we didn't know how, how long it would be before we could allow a lot of people to congregate we decided uh, that after eight, eight years of customers coming in and brewing their own beer with us, that we were going to discontinue that program. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really difficult decision for us. Cause that was, that was the reason that we started this business when Tim and I started this eight, you know, 10 years ago, when we, when we first wrote the business plan for our company, that was like the, the reason for being, that was the point of differentiation back then when we thought that the seventh brewery in Columbus was going to be really crowding out the,
0: <laughs> the industry um
1: <laughs> uh, we we did not see uh, another 60 breweries opening on our heels but um uh, but it was a you know it was a fun piece of our business it, it really did make us stand out but at the end of the day we didn't we didn't know how long it would be before we could have customers back in brewing so we decided to to nix that and uh instead expanded our our dining space we opened an event space and we actually launched our launched a full kitchen in the in the short north so we actually have a brew pub with burgers and wings and salads now
0: food is new to the business as you just said how, yeah. how has that been going in the last uh, what six six nine months or so nine months
1: yeah now? it's been going great when we yeah. opened uh, you know the first the first business that we reopened after the shutdown was the short north with our with our little brew pub menu there uh, one thing that we never really wanted to do was run a restaurant but when we saw the opportunity up here at Brazenhead, and kind of walk in the neighborhood, we felt like, we felt like the type of menu that we launched here with, which is, you know, burgers, wings, kind of upscale pub food with, you know, fried turkey leg steak. Uh, We felt like that was kind of a, that middle price point, you know, there's a lot of mid price point Mexican joints up here, but we Mm -hmm. felt like this was uh, an area of opportunity that, that could do well in the market. So brought on a chef who was super eager, former kitchen manager at a, at a restaurant here in town. And now he's been promoted to being our, uh, our corporate chef and he's written five, six menus for us already and just doing a tremendous job. So we love the food business now. You know, it's, uh, it, it, to us, it was, uh, it was a potential distraction. And now, I mean, I, I never thought we'd run a business where we've got 45% of our sales coming from food and not alcohol. Uh, but it's been great. It's, it's a it's a much better way to kind of tie in the full community. We've got a kids menu here in Dublin and, and a kids menu in the short north. So it's a uh, we we love it. It's just a great adaptation, and it kind of set the stage for what we we're able to do with the further opportunities that came along that Cohatch has presented to us.
0: Yeah. How um, how's the on-premise business been? Obviously, there have been uh, uh, capacity constraints and other challenges in the last in the last year. But um, how has that performed, even given those limitations?
1: Well, I will say that the past I'd say since Val- since Valentine's Day, roughly. So for about the the past month to you know five six weeks, we have seen every week increase not only for our on Premise sales, but for our customers, which are bars and restaurants, mm-hmm. which I think are a testament to a couple of things. One is consumer confidence is increasing. Yeah. Um, we've actually had a week of patio weather now. People, you know, consumer confidence also comes with the more wide distribution of the vaccines. So we're seeing not only our own on-premise sales, but all of our bar, bar and restaurant customers and partners are starting to return to normal and we see that only going up. I mean, the, it, it seemed like what DeWine said the other the day, we could be within a couple months of being full,
0: mm-hmm. no
1: restrictions of uh, no, you know, no mask requirements and kind of the, the way of the Texas here within the next, uh, within the next couple months if the trends continue to, to head the way that, that they have been. So we're very excited about that. You know, we're still at slightly diminished capacity because of the distancing and because, you know, we still can't stand too deep at a bar. It's uh, it's it's illegal to, to drink and stand these days. So uh, until we until, you know, the patios are fully open and whatnot, we're still going to be down right now. Most most of our bar and restaurant customers are still at about 50 to 60 percent capacity.
0: I was going to switch back to, to Cohatch. So you have the, the, um, you have the pub up at yep. Polaris, you have, uh, you have Dublin, but they are taking you to other cities as well. So what, um, Correct. what, what is open now? What is coming and how's that yeah. working out for you?
1: The first one that we opened with them was right when the shutdown ended. So this would have been in June of last year was a couple bars that were operating with them at their Springfield location. Mm-hmm. And then the, the second one that opened was Dublin. Third one was Hyde Park down in Cincinnati where we launched our pizza menu. And that's mm-hmm. the, that menu that we're running in Hyde Park down in Cincinnati is the same menu that we're gonna bring to the pub up at Polaris okay. when we open that. Uh, we're targeting probably June for, uh, for that to get open to the public. And then beyond that, we've got some spots that we're looking at in uh, Ohio City and Cleveland. That one's been announced and we should be opening that in May or June of this year. And then we have we have a, a few other locations as well that we can't discuss too much in the way of details, but um, but they're they're showing us sites in Florida, more in Cincinnati, and then uh, and then also Indianapolis will be the next out-of-state market that we expand into with them. Uh, and the the brilliant thing about this partnership is they've seen in us an opportunity to not only amenitize their their co-working spaces and their communities, but also to create activity in their locations at times when there otherwise wouldn't be people in the space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, co-working pretty much runs from nine to five kind of bankers hours. And, you know, we're provide, we're bringing traffic into their spaces in those off hours when the, when the spaces would normally be empty. So we're able to, in a lot of our locations, we've got designated flex spaces where they are meeting rooms by day, and either dining overflow or private dining areas and event spaces for us by by evening and weekends. So it's been a really symbiotic partnership with them. They like the way that we operate, and you know we kind of showed them what we're all about a year and a half ago when we started these when we started these projects. And that was when they really kind of saw the the opportunity to move us into more spaces and and uh, create an even better experience for their members. And also, our restaurant being open to the public is a great marketing tool for them to draw in additional members and sell offices and sell co-work subscriptions.
0: I'm sure you can't get into uh, uh, the specifics, uh, so I'll ask, it, I'll ask it this way. I, I'm sure the, deal, uh, the deals are such that it's not like you're paying for a new brew pub necessarily every, every time out. Because you guys are still a, a, a small business in the scheme yep. of things. So uh, to yep. go from, you know, one location to, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 in, in, in a couple right. of years seems, seems kind of crazy. But I'm betting part of why you're able to do that is how the deals are structured, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the benefits of our partnership with them is that in addition to being a, a community of co-work spaces, they're also a real estate a real estate ownership company, mm-hmm so we get to utilize the resources that they have in their architects their general contractors their design team their permit uh, their permitting processes so if you look at each individual project that partnership by itself and the ability to use their resources saves us about a hundred thousand dollars per location the fact that they're also co-using the space they're helping us to, to build the spaces out so we're able to open these at a fraction of the cost of what it would normally, of what it would normally take for us to go out, acquire the property, do the renovation, put in the FF&E and and get the place up and running. So it makes it um, as a small business and specifically as a small business recovering from the worst year that that we've seen in generations, it makes it possible for us to take advantage of these opportunities without having to take on debt, without having to overextend ourselves. We would never have considered this type of pace of openings had it not been for having a a partner that's as well established in their growth, but also in their finances and in their, you know, their their, uh, resources that they've allowed us to avail ourselves of.
0: You have a couple, couple of locations out of town now. Um, how is that yep. from a from a management standpoint? You know, now you have just yeah. a further reach. It's a little different when all your employees are one space, but now you have them across several cities. How um, uh, how's yeah. le- the learning curve on that?
1: And, you know, Cincinnati's not too far away, but uh, you know, the key is just really having the right people, not only here to to manage from a distance, but also getting the right boots on the ground there. So we when we hired our GM down there we knew that he was you know he was an experienced brew pub manager so we already knew that our team our executive team here in Columbus is going to be running these guys remotely and visiting and spending time to make sure that we're that everybody's sticking by our you know our processes and whatnot The director of operations Christopher Titus I mean he's he's a lifesaver and he's used to running multiple restaurants he's done this before and then Chef Ryan has stepped up stepped up to the plate, and now in each location we have a kitchen manager who uh, who reports to him. So we kind of keep it streamlined here centrally, and everybody kind of uses Dublin as their home base. But uh, there's going to be a lot of travel in these guys' future as they as they uh, not so reluctantly go and open up the Florida market and make sure that we're uh, getting people trained up to the North High Brewing way down there as as those markets open up as well. And it's it's honestly. With the technology that we have today and with the food service providers that, that service every one of our, our market areas, we're able to maintain consistency of our menu. We're able to maintain you know, cost control and things like that through the technologies that we have here. It would have been a lot more difficult to do this 10 years ago than it is today, I'll tell you that. Technology's really kind of come a long
0: way to help us with that. How many employees are you up to now?
1: We were at 23 pre-COVID and then went down to eight, and then we're, we got back up to around 60 this past summer when the you know, patios were banging, and now we're, you know, the, the winter was long and hard. You know, I mean, it was a really, really tough time, and we had to pare it back down to about low 30s between all of our locations, but we're, now that the weather's increasing, the patios are opening, uh, we're back up over 50 now. And with the locations that we've got, we're going to be hiring another couple hundred here in the next uh, mm-hmm. next eight to ten months. So, anybody that's in the Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Columbus, and Cleveland markets, please reach out to us because we're <laughs> going to be needing a little bit of everything right now.
0: Was there ever a point in the past year where you were like, "What are we doing?" Or um, this could this could all go away? Were you were you ever every er, every day? Up?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every day but you know the, the winter was was truly i mean aside from march where we had to mm. make some really tough decisions the winter was was the toughest time you know with the the vaccine happening faster than people expected to and with you know with knowing that the weather was coming right around the corner it was a it was a few really really tough months of not knowing when and how things would come back but that confidence increased, I'd say every week over the last couple months, and now we're now we're seeing it come to fruition. So yeah, we have a much a much rosier outlook today than we than we mm-hmm. did.
0: One more question then you set me up for a uh, nice sure. last one here. Just wh- what do you want to see in the, in the next year? Obviously we're going to have a few, a few more months of this kind of transition, but heading in the right direction, but, but, you know, hopefully by summer, late spring, summer, things are returning to whatever uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, normal is, but but what would you like to see over the next like 12, 18 months uh, for your business? I, I
1: think, I think it's going to be exciting. I mean,
0: obviously having been in this industry for, I mean,
1: with this company for 10 years and in the industry for over 20 years i mean i've just got so many friends and and family members that own bars and restaurants and it's just going to be it's going to be great to see that the industry recover you know just to see people getting back to work to see people you know who have sacrificed so much over the past over the past year to see them whole again and to Uh, You know, there's, there's been this prediction that we're going to see the roaring twenties. It's going to come slapping back here in the next few months. And I mean, I'm just looking forward to going to a concert again. I'm looking forward to going to the Memorial tournament and in in the uh, stadium at Ohio stadium. So just really turned to normal and uh, outside of what that means for us as a company financially, just seeing the, the community getting back together, seeing people's jobs restored, seeing people's, you know, uh, families not have to worry anymore. Uh, that's what I'm most excited about. And, and, you know, we're along for the ride on that one.
0: Fantastic. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. Great. Thanks you very much, Dan. It. Take care.